This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. What a slate of games for NFL wildcard weekend. Uh, let's get right down to it because we... <laughs> We had we had some surprises go down. Uh, let, let's start off with uh, the, uh, the key story of uh, today. So obviously uh, the Sunday games just wrapped up. The Minnesota Vikings pull off the upset on the Saints at, in overtime again with pass interference <laughs> being the call. That wasn't called. Oh man, I, I you know I laugh, but I shouldn't because essentially we just had the NFL basically give the fu to a team on national television, and we we're just all kind of numb to it. Uh, but the Minnesota Vikings uh, have uh, beat the New Orleans Saints uh, today, and yes. There was offensive pass interference on Kyle Rudolph that the NFL refused to actually call. Uh, I I don't know what else you could say about that other than, it, you know, you. <laughs> I I mean, what else can you say? It, it it is absurd, but that is actually in fact what happened. But the story of this game was the fact that Drew Brees was. For all intents and purposes, a below average NFL QB in this game. He couldn't release the ball when he wanted to. He had difficulty, even though the stat line doesn't look awful. He was twenty six and thirty three, but total yardage was two hundred and eight. Like literally, it was a bunch of dump off passes and then yards after catch uh, by his receivers. The problem is, uh, you know. The Vikings did slow down Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was only seven catches for 70 yards. And for most of the game, he only had eight targets. Drew Brees just had difficulty getting Michael Thomas to football. He was not able to target uh, Michael Thomas nearly as much as he as he should have. But he was getting pressure up the middle. Linval Joseph did his job up the middle for the Vikings. But Drew Brees, again, and this is what I've been talking about, when it comes into situations where he just has these flat games, the reaction time is so much slower than it needs to be uh, that it it just causes issues. Uh, You know, there was a key fumble in the fourth quarter that the Saints almost didn't even get this game to OT from. Uh, Drew Drew Brees was so bad. Uh, I mean, the Saints had to rally from 10 points down to fourth quarter just to get it to overtime. It was 20 to 10. Uh, 
you know, Kirk Cousins makes a beautiful throw in overtime, but Kirk Cousins also disappeared for vast stretches of the second half too. Uh, you know, I, as much as uh, people are going to be singing the praises of Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, the, the truth of the matter is, is that this victory goes to the Vikings defense because they consistently bottled up the Saints to the extent that the Saints had to turn to Taysom Hill to be their running and passing attack. Taysom Hill completed a 50-yard pass and ran for 50 yards and was by far the leading rusher uh, for the Saints because Alvin Kamara might as well have been invisible uh, despite the fact that he had eight catches. He only got 34 yards receiving, and uh, he ran for uh, 21 yards on his seven carries. Alvin Kamara was essentially Drew Brees' dump-off pass, and Kamara couldn't get anything going uh, today. It, I know Kamara has to be either hurt or just utterly frustrated because, it, I mean, he was a complete and utter non-factor today. Uh, and I had my concerns about Kamara to begin with, so I can't say that I'm surprised. The problem is, is that, I, you know, maybe the Saints should have signed <laughs> Antonio Brown because... You know, the issue that I had with this team was if Michael Thomas got shut down, which I didn't see happening with the Vikings and their banged up secondary, uh, my concern was where is this offense coming from? Because, it, you know, I don't think Drew Brees can elevate these guys anymore. And that's exactly what happened. The Saints offense completely stalled and Sean Payton had to get so desperate to bring in Taysom Hill to reinvigorate the offense. I, there were points in that uh, that game today. I honestly thought Teddy Bridgewater should have been warmed up and ready to go. Now, Sean Payton can't do that to Drew Brees, and he would get crushed if the Saints lost anyway, and Drew Brees was benched in favor of Teddy Bridgewater. But the Saints needed something, and he turned to Taysom Hill to run some gadget plays, and it, it uh, to, to his credit, Taysom Hill panned out. But that's the problem. It took so long for the Saints to acknowledge that this was not going to work the way they were going, and to do it in the fourth quarter, it was a little too little too late because Dalvin Cook at that point had established uh, a running attack for the Vikings, and they played ball control offense uh, the remainder of the game. Now, when it came to overtime, then they at least turned the reins loose again on Cousins, and he uh, completed a beautiful rainbow throw to Adam Thielen that, you know, folks are going to complain and say, oh, the DB should do a better job of that. No, nonsense. When you high point a ball that high and you're in the Superdome staring up in the lights, that is the hardest ball. And you'll see uh, you'll see it on uh, uh, SportsCenter and all the highlight shows afterwards. It is the hardest ball for a defensive back to uh, as, uh, pay attention to because, again, you're running full sprint looking over your shoulder, trying to high point a ball in the lights when the receiver knows where the ball is. To me, there's only a handful of guys uh, that I would even trust to be able to make a play on a ball of that type. And more often than not, the receiver's still going to win that matchup 9 out of 10. The reason why it doesn't happen all that often is that you actually, as a QB, it's one of the more difficult throws you have to make because, again, you have to put perfect touch on it, and not a lot of QBs actually have that capabilities uh, to do so. Uh, there's only a handful of guys that 
in the league that actually can make that throw. And Drew Brees can't make that throw anymore. There are a couple other guys in the league that people consider to be elite QBs that I know can't make that throw. Um, so you got to give Kirk Cousins uh, uh, credit where it's due. But the the final play of the game, Kyle Rudolph catches a fade uh, route in the end zone and clearly shoves off. I, listen, the NFL has had it in for the Saints for quite some time now. The Saints fans are convinced that it has to do with Bounty Gate. Uh, you know, if the Saints, the Saints caused the video replay review rule to come into effect, and the fact that the NFL refused to even review the play speaks volumes. I mean, I'm sure Al Riveron is going to say some nonsense uh, that uh, they reviewed it in real time and didn't think it rose to the level of, of pass interference, which is like, <laughs> like I, I don't know what kind of spin you could actually say, but if you actually did a clip reel of all the pass offensive pass interference calls uh, that were called, and then that play, that play would be front and center as to what is actually supposed to be called pass interference. Uh, the NFL can say whatever they want. They do have an issue with the Saints. They've stuck it to them, and they're hoping that the national media doesn't uh, uh, pay that close attention to it. Uh, you know, honestly, it's one of those where, yeah, the, the Saints have a gripe, but they didn't lose the game because of that call. They put themselves in a position to lose that game be, uh, due to that call because they couldn't get their uh, act together, and Drew Brees was absolutely all kinds of awful uh, uh, today. There, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. All right, moving on. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's talk. I mean, I could talk about the Seahawks Eagles game, but I mean, let's be honest. Uh, this game was over the moment Jadavian Clowney landed on Carson Wentz's head, because if you thought for a second that Josh McCown was going to lead the Eagles to a win over, uh, win over the Seahawks, I, I got a bridge to sell you, it, you know, I, I thought that Wentz was going to return to this game, but once they uh, once they pulled him back into the locker room and the news started circulating that they pulled Wentz's wife uh, to bring, uh, bring her to the locker room area, you knew he was done for the day uh, with a concussion. Uh, and for anyone that would suggest that Carson Wentz was trying to tap out of the game, uh, you're an idiot. Uh, there's no way... He's going to play through that second half of the season to get the Eagles into the playoffs because the Eagles were basically done. Uh, l- let's remember, the Eagles were done, and they ran the table to get into the uh, uh, playoffs as bad as the NFC East was. Give them credit where uh, credit's due. Uh, he's not going to tap out uh, unless uh, he suffered a concussion and the medical doctors, because remember, uh, with the new concussion protocols, there are independent independent medical evaluators looking at these players. They determine that he suffered a severe concussion. There's no way they can allow him back into the game. That, 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 that's the long and short of it. I mean, the, the NFL put in these measures in place for player safety, and this is the world we got to live in. Would Carson uh, Wentz probably have uh, put himself back in the game? Absolutely. But there's no way he was going to get medically cleared. And once that happened, the Eagles were done. 
because with as many injuries as they had, losing your starting quarterback to uh, to boot, I don't care how uh, lackluster Seattle played uh, in this game, they were going to win that game no matter what, and Seattle knew it. I, I mean, it, it's it's really that simple. So you're going to get a matchup with Seattle and Green Bay, and if DK Metcalf puts on the performance uh, today uh, that uh, against uh, the Packers next week, the Seahawks are going to win. DK Metcalf had seven catches for 160 yards. He was a vertical threat all game long. Uh, the Packers' defense is susceptible to the deep ball. So I know Russell Wilson can get, uh, can flick it out there with the best of them. I you know, I am convinced that uh, the Seattle rushing attack will not do anything unless it's Russell Wilson scrambling. Uh, they could say they're going to give more carries to Marshawn Lynch moving forward. I mean, com- between Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch, they combined for 17 carries and 19 yards. Uh, yeah, I'll say that again. Between Marshawn Lynch and Travis Homer, they combined... For 17 carries and 19 yards. That's right. 17 carries and 19 yards. But hey, Beast Mode had a touchdown. That was a one-yard run. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. Uh, it is what it is. This was an ugly, 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 ugly fantasy slate of games Uh for Sunday, and it wasn't all that pretty Saturday. We'll, we'll, uh, I'm I'm also seeing stories on Twitter that uh, there there there's uh, allegations of collusion for the person who just won the uh, millionaire maker on DraftKings. This should be fun. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, before I get further distracted, yeah, it, the Seahawks did what they needed to do. Uh, they won seventeen to nine. It was not a pretty game. Uh, you you are not going to be watching this on NFL Films uh, ten years from now. This was an ugly game. Uh, let's move on. Uh, so going back to the Saturday games, uh, you had the Texans and the Bills, and oh man, uh, Bill O'Brien, Bill, Bill, Bill. If it wasn't for Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien would have been fired years ago. Deshaun Watson continues to save Bill O'Brien's job. And I should say that I'm lucky that Deshaun Watson keeps saving Bill O'Brien's job because I am utterly convinced that the way the Giants head coaching search is going right now, that Bill O'Brien would be the front runner to become the next head coach of the Giants if he got fired after the, if they had lost this game and he got fired. Uh, Point blank. The Bills should have won this game handily. Why Josh Allen is throwing so many friggin' passes is uh, like an utter mystery to me. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why uh, Josh Allen is throwing so many passes. It didn't make any sense. It, it, it I mean, t- truth be told, it screwed everything up. Because now you've got a situation where uh, Josh Allen is going to be remembered for all the screw-ups he had. And, I mean, it 
it, it create this has created more questions about the Bills quarterback situation moving forward. Like they can say whatever they want. Now I have legitimate uh, doubts that Josh Allen is going to be a franchise QB based off of how this playoff game went. Uh, so to recap, the Bills were up sixteen to nothing at uh, in the third quarter. We're in complete control of this game. Deshaun Watson leads a tremendous comeback with minimal run gain. Uh, Deshaun Watson was the leading rusher for his team. He had 14 carries for 55 yards. Uh, Carlos Hyde had 48 yards on 16 carries. Uh, so yeah, that yes, that is a three a yards uh, three yards uh, uh, per carry average. And Duke Johnson had one gadget play uh, that accounted for his 38 yards uh, rushing. But this was Deshaun Watson carrying his team. Uh, He was able to uh, finally get uh, something going with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Deshaun Watson was completing passes through multiple receivers, just trying to get something going. But my biggest gripe with the Bills is the fact that Devin Singletary did not get any touches in the second half that he needed to in clutch moments. They were giving carries to Frank Gore. I mean, I love Frank Gore, but Frank Gore is not your number one running back. There's a reason why Devin Singletary took over uh, the primary running back duties uh, at the close of the year. Why is Frank Gore stealing carries from Devin Singletary? And in critical situations when you're in the red zone. The... The Bills lost this game in large part due to Josh Allen and critical mismanagement by Sean McDermott when they're throwing when they should be running in the red zone. They're When they're running it, they're giving it to Frank Gore instead of Devin Singletary. The Bills had chance after chance to put this game away against the Texans and kept ended up having to settle for three points. It was infuriating watching this game. The Texans had no business winning this game. They were thoroughly outplayed. They sacked Deshaun Watson seven times, people. I I, I, I can't be any clearer than that. (laughs) Deshaun Watson was running for his life and still got sacked seven times. Part of the reason why he was scrambling so much is because he, he had to. The, the Bills were on, on his tail the entire game. But Josh Allen and his decision-making, oh boy. I, I mean, where do we start? Uh, taking multiple sacks to put yourself out of field goal range when all you need is a field goal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen, oh, like the Bills had to scramble to tie this game up to get it into overtime. Josh Allen took multiple sacks, knocked them out of field goal range, and they still had uh, the defense still had to bail them out again to get the ball back to even send this uh, into overtime. But Josh Allen, even in overtime, tries lateraling the football because he lost track of the clock. No one understands the decision-making that Josh Allen underwent in this game. And again, one of my descriptions for Josh Allen was he's a couple of bad decisions away from being Blake Bortles. 
with inexplicable turnovers that you cannot explain. And I, 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 I have no idea how you can feel good about Josh Allen and his performance when his 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 meltdowns are just you know there's a I mean there's a reason why his nickname is Wyoming Josh because he makes tries to make these cowboy plays and just makes inexplicable turnovers whether it's just a terrible pick a fumble taking a bad sack when he doesn't need to like there were just so many so many poor choices that everyone on Twitter you can see is having the same reaction of what the hell is this guy doing it, it is one of the most inexplicable things you'll see and again as i said i have deep reservations about Josh Allen as a franchise QB this bills and this is the problem when you invest in and i said this to giants fans all the time when you have big question marks about your QB and you, you already kind of get yourself to the stage of, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to try to make it work. It, it's almost always a recipe for failure. I'm just saying it. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he learns a big lesson from this, but uh, it, I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. I, I just don't know. Because even Brett Favre, as much as people say, talk about Brett Favre, Brett Favre's decision-making never improved throughout his entire career. His uh, his throwing ability is what salvaged him. Josh Allen is not Brett Favre. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know uh, how, how that could even happen. But the play of the game... And everyone's going to be talking about this uh, for years to come. You, you've got uh, you, you've got the third and eighteen. Uh, well, well, there are two plays. I, I should say. Everyone's going to talk about uh, Deshaun Watson uh, breaking two sat uh, like uh, he had. He was sacked by two separate guys. And still found a way to break out of it, spin out of the uh, tackles of both players, and uh, and find uh, uh, find Taiwan Jones uh, wide open. But even earlier in the drive, uh, it was third down and eighteen, and uh, Watson was able to find Duke Johnson in space because the Bills linebackers in coverage dropped back too deep uh, in coverage and gave enough space for Duke Johnson to wiggle his way uh, to find the first down. That play killed the Bills. I mean, outside of uh, uh, Deshaun Watson spinning out of uh, two tacklers uh, 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 to to make it the big uh, pass play to set up uh, the winning score, uh, you know, again, that third down and 18 in overtime, oh, that that is uh that that's one that's gonna haunt uh, the Bills coaching staff for quite some time, amongst all the other decisions that they made. Uh, as I said, the Bills had s- no excuse of losing this game, but they did. And the curse continues, according to Bills fans. 
uh, because they still have not won a playoff game. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, since, since 95. They have not won a, a playoff game since 1995. The streak continues. All right, moving on. And I'll, I'll be the one to admit it. I did not think that the Titans with a one-trick pony and just running... Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry is a man-child. I, I, I mean, just an absolute monster. Uh, a man amongst boys. Uh, listen, I did not see Derrick Henry being able to just smash and smash and smash and smash and smash the Patriots the way he did. I said he needed a buck fifty to have a chance uh, of beating the Patriots. He ran for 182 yards on 34 carries. I mean, that's the game, folks. Uh, the New England offense could not get anything going. I thought that uh, the Pats would be able to turn it into a James White game, uh, throw a bunch of passes uh, uh, underneath to Edelman and White. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Titans' defense was ready to tackle. They made a bunch of tackles and just kept making sure that New England ended up being short uh, on a number of plays. And the problem is that even when uh, Tom Brady had time, he couldn't find anyone open. Uh, you know, Tom Brady was clearly frustrated that entire game, and the Titans just warmed down. I mean, it was a 20-13 to 13 game. But man, that game felt like it was a two touchdown deficit for the Pats because it just continually felt as though they were going through an uphill climb. And even at halftime, when it's 14 13 Titans, my dad and I are talking through this game, and I'm saying that the Pats are going to lose this game. At halftime, in a game of a one point game in Foxborough, I thought the Pats were going to lose this unless they had some lucky break or turnover to turn the tide, and it never came because it just looked as though Derrick Henry was going to have his way and there was nothing the Pats were going to be able to do about it, and that's literally what happened. It was a slow, methodical death for the Patriots, and all of America was, it seemed like everyone on Twitter was celebrating the fact that the Pats were losing and eventually lost. Uh, the one moment that I think signifies this game more than anything else was uh, with uh, about six minutes ago, Mike Vrabel, the coach of the Titans, uh, employed a time-wasting strategy that uh, Bill Belichick has used many times in the past where uh, it's a running clock until it hits the five-minute mark of the game. And he was initially uh, deliberately... Uh, having delay of game penalties uh, on his team just so he could run the clock down to under five minutes because it's a running clock. It will, even with a penalty, it will keep going. Bill Belichick, knowing the rule and that he can't do anything to stop it, is turning to the referee asking, how is that legal? When he knows that he's one of the people who taught it to Mike Vrabel. Uh, you know, uh, because he, Mike, Mike Vrabel saw Belichick use that so many times against other teams when he played for him uh, with the Patriots. So, to me, that was one of my favorite moments because it was one of the sides where Belichick knew he was in trouble and had no other recourse 
but to complain to the referee because he had no other way of getting out of it. So, uh, you know, this was just a very interesting game to say the least. Uh, I, I, I will say that, you know, it's almost a certainty in my opinion that, uh, Brady's done in new England. Uh, I think that unless, uh, Belichick loses the power battle to Brady once again, I think Belichick's going to get his way and not bring back Tom Brady. Uh, it depends on what, uh, uh, Robert Kraft wants to do. I know Kraft wants uh, Brady to come back. I'm not sure Brady wants to come back, and I'm very sure that Belichick doesn't want Brady back. So when you've got two out of three guys not wanting to make it work out and only one guy there to try to play peacemaker to uh, make both sides agree, I just think that this is an awkward, awkward situation. And I think this is probably the end of Tom Brady in New England. I don't think Brady's retiring. He probably should retire because it. I, I don't think the grass is greener. Uh, those stops where Tom Brady could go, uh, post Pats. I mean, the Chargers, maybe the Colts. I, I just don't see a ton of landing spots that are going to give him much better opportunity to win a Super Bowl than what he currently has in New England. Uh, that's the problem. <clears throat> Given his skill set at this point and what he needs. Uh, yeah, the Pats need a playmaker. They absolutely needed Antonio Brown. <laughs> I mean, they could say whatever they want. They absolutely needed Antonio Brown. And, I, I, you know, I wasn't checking Twitter for Antonio Brown sightings uh, last night. But, uh, yeah, th- th- there's no question that the Patriots needed Antonio Brown in that game to, uh, to open up the top of the defense. So, uh, that's all... That there was for NFL wildcard weekend, I took an absolute bloodbath in terms of uh, uh, some of the picks because uh, I I was heavy on Michael Thomas and DraftKings, and that was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, while I did play Josh Allen, and again, this is not what I think of Josh Allen as a QB. It's more along the lines of Josh Allen was cheap and he runs around, so. Uh, you get a nice floor of points uh, from the quarterback position. Uh, this was just an ugly week. Uh, you know, unless you stacked your lineups with Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, uh, you weren't going very far. Uh, now, I'm seeing something on Twitter that uh, the winner of the DraftKings Millie Maker was a former uh, contestant on The Bachelor, but now I'm seeing that there's stories of collusion because. Uh, she maxed out the full 150 entries in the Millie Maker tournament, which, you know, at uh, you know, is a pretty penny because uh, you're you're essentially talking about a $25 entry, uh, and you know, by my math, that puts you literally at uh, uh, you know, four grand in entries. Yeah, uh, uh, well, 37.50 in entries, uh, but. Um, that should be interesting uh, if they could actually prove that uh, she uh, she colluded and uh, that she and her husband uh, maxed out the entries to get 300 entries uh, with uh, a unique lineups as opposed to uh, uh, as opposed to the usual cap of 150. 
yeah, that that's going to cause uh, some issues. But uh, uh, that's all I got for now. Uh, you know, interesting NFL wildcard weekend. Uh, you got some interesting games set up because you got uh, Minnesota playing San Francisco. You got Tennessee traveling to Baltimore. Derrick Henry should actually have a good day running against the uh, uh, Ravens defense. And you know the Ravens are going to run the football. So that should be a very quick game <laughs> for Saturday night. Uh, that 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 That's going to be a lot of running clock situations. I, I, can, I can already foresee that happening. You got, you got the Texans traveling to Kansas City. Uh, will Andy Reid shoot himself in the foot yet again in the postseason? Because we know Bill O'Brien will. Uh, but uh, it, it will be Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and I will be excited to see that matchup. And the nightcap will be Seattle traveling to uh, Lambeau Field to play the Packers. And again, I'm not a fan of the Packers this year, but this is the Packers' best chance of getting Aaron Rodgers to a Super Bowl because the way some of these NFC uh, teams have uh, panned out, you know, if Seattle can upset San Francisco, I think Green Bay has the advantage over Seattle. Uh, now, if uh, Sarah. Uh, if, uh, oh, I'm, I'm saying Seattle. Uh, I mean, if Minnesota can upset San Francisco, uh, I think Green Bay has a, a uh, has a great shot against the, the Vikings because they just have a, a mind lock on the, uh, um, some type of mental block on the Vikings where the Vikings can't play well against the Packers in any situation, it seems. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to see how, how these games go, but, uh, that's all I got for now. Uh, have a great night, folks, and uh, we'll catch up uh, sometime next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.